Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Faith is not this uh, nefarious, um, intangible thing that nobody can understand. It is um, seeable, it's knowable, it's discernible. It's measurable. Jesus told some people, he said, uh, uh, your faith is little. Others, he told them what great faith they had. Uh, so what determines whether you have no faith, little faith, or great faith? It's not all up to God. When you're born again, all of us are created in the likeness and image of God himself, and we become sons of God. And we have, as his sons and daughters, we have um, a measure of the God kind of faith inside us. We're born again with it. And what you do with it determines whether it develops or whether it stagnates, whether it shrinks. Uh, anything that's not fed and not exercised is going to diminish and increase. But if you'll feed it and you'll use it, it'll grow, it'll develop, and hence faith school. <laughs> we want to feed our faith so that we can exercise our faith and so that instead of just wilting in the face of adversity, that something stands up on the inside of us and we say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. So get your Bible, get something to make some notes with. Come on into the classroom. We've saved you a seat right here in the front. Come into this, push everything aside for the next few minutes and let the Spirit of God minister to you and nourish you up in the words of faith. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that teaches, guides, reminds, reveals, quickens. We're asking for answers. We're asking for help. And we purpose to be respectful of it and receive it and act on it. And as surely as we do, you'll watch over your word and perform it in our lives and great things will happen. We say, Lord, get glory to yourself in us, in our lives, in every area, in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look please in the um, great textbook today, the Bible, um, in the fourth chapter of John, John chapter 4. We have been for a few weeks now on a study that we're calling Faith for Healing. And if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you, go back, get, you can go online and um, Go back and look at the previous messages, watch them, listen to them. It won't cost you anything. There's no charge. We've covered a lot of ground, and what we have seen is that Jesus 
in his earthly ministry that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he, he ministered uh, healing and deliverance a lot. That was a big part of his ministry. Spent a lot of time doing that. And we see that uh, while there were thousands of people that were healed and delivered, uh, most of them were not given any detail about what happened, but about 20 uh, individual cases are recorded in the four gospel accounts where we're told what was wrong with them and what they said, what Jesus said, how they received, any changes they need to make. And um, the reason these are here is they're hand-picked by the Holy Spirit because they apply to every generation and all of us are to learn from these. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's no respecter of persons, and he never changes like we said. So whatever he said and did then, uh, still that way today. And so we've begun looking at case by case. Number one in our study, we looked at the healing of the leper. And uh, in each one of these, we'll see lots of truths, of course, but we'll see a, a main central truth emphasized. And with the healing of the leper, he said, Lord, I, I know you can heal me if you will, if it be your will, in other words. And Jesus immediately responded and said, I will be clean. Uh, if Jesus is, never changes and he's no respecter of persons, you reckon he's still saying, I will? Amen. Then why is most of the church still praying this uh, unenlightened prayer? just like the leper is, why did the Lord give us this situation where we see somebody saying, I know you can do it if it's your will. Why would he have that recorded? He wants us to hear his answer. <laughs> he wants us to know the answer so that we quit praying in unbelief. Uh, as long as you're questioning the will of God about healing or anything else, you cannot have faith in that area. Cannot. As long as you're wondering, I, I, is it God's will? I don't know. I hope so. We'll see. Um, had somebody wanted me to pray with them about be, them being healed some years ago, and, and I, I don't mind that at all, but I've learned uh, you don't just pray to be praying. We need to see if we can get in faith. And so I asked them uh, about, you know, them, their being settled about it being God's will, and they said, well, no, I just thought you'd pray. And if it was God's will, I'd be healed. And, and if I wasn't healed, then it, that means it wasn't God's will. I said, well, we're, we're not ready to pray. Can you see this? Because they, are, they cannot pray in faith. They, they are unpersuaded. And we see that that's one of the big things that, that happens in the foundation for faith is you have heard from him. Faith comes by hearing. And you have heard his will, and you know his will, and you're settled in his will. That way, you can come boldly before the throne of grace, and by faith, you can believe you receive, you can lay hold of it just like you receive forgiveness. You know, people know that you shouldn't say, Lord, forgive me if it be thy will. They know that. Why? They, they got that settled, and you got to get it settled in the area of healing as well if you're going to be in faith. And so, he said, I will be clean. The second case we looked at was the healing of Peter's wife's mother or Peter's mother-in-law. One big thing we saw there was she had a, a really high fever, was perhaps, you know, 
unconscious virtually, virtually. And um, Jesus came and rebuked that fever. He spoke to the fever. I know years ago when I read that, uh, I got down to that part there in, in Luke, I believe it was, and it said, yeah, Luke said, uh, uh, Jesus rebuked the fever. And I stopped. I thought, well, now, Jesus is not praying. He's not talking to the Father. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. Who's he talking to? A fever. And then I thought, can a fever hear? And I read the rest of the verse. It said, and it left her. I thought, yep, fevers can hear. Do we think like that? And people say, yeah, but you know, that was Jesus, Brother Keith. Yeah, but he said that if we believe on him, the works he did, we would do also. Amen. Didn't he say that? Yes. And if we would require anything in his name, he would do it. And we see that happening in the book of Acts. We see uh, uh, the apostles, we see pastors, prophets, and just laity, believers, doing the same kind of things as we saw Jesus operating in. And it's the same today. So uh, we, we need to think like that. If it's something that should not be there, we don't just need to wait passively and hope you know, that something will happen. We need to rise up in faith and rebuke it. Speak against it. Command it to stop. Command it to leave in Jesus' name. This is one of the biggest areas of, of ignorance and failure in the church right here is that believers do not know nor understand their authority in Christ. We have been given. He's the head. We're the body. How many understand? I mean, uh, this is Keith's head and Keith's body. The body doesn't have a different name from the head, right? And you can't say, well, Keith's head has a lot of authority, but not his body. It has no authority at all. No, they're connected. And the authority that the master got when he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Did you hear the next thing he said in Matthew? Therefore, you go. What? <laughs> well, you got the authority. Now you go. Is he delegating this authority? Yeah. And Mark talks about, and you cast out spirits in my name, and you'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Well, that, that has to mean you have authority, Amen. right? Yes. It's his authority delegated to us. But you still got most of the church world, most of the church world still just pleading with God to change things and not doing what Jesus taught us to do and what the scripture taught us to do in rising up and speaking against. If you've got something bothering you today, do not just wait passively hoping something's going to change. Speak against it. And don't just ask it, demand it. Command it to stop, cease. Now, I know that some people think, oh, whoa, who do you think you are? You're a believer. Well, you're just trying to act like Jesus. That's the idea. Yeah. He is the example. You will never find a better example to follow and act like. And so Jesus rebuked that fever and it left her. Then we got into number three. Our third uh, healing in our study was the healing of the paralyzed man. And one thing we saw there was that Jesus looked at them when they were upset because he had said the man's sins were forgiven. He said, uh, which one's easier? To say your sin's forgiven or to say rise and walk? And he demonstrated that they were the same by commanding the man to get up and walk. And he did. 
which showed that his sins were forgiven when he told him they were. And, and this is, oh, what a great truth this is. People have separated forgiveness and healing as two completely different things. They would tell you that, yeah, there's no question. It's God's will that you be forgiven. What about healed? Yeah. If it's his will, we don't know. Most of the time it's not. Uh, all those things have passed away when the last apostle died. No. Jesus said, which one's easier? They're showing they were procured in the same redemptive work. They are available to receive by the same action of faith. So many questions about healing can be answered by simply comparing it to forgiveness. People say, well, if it was God's will for people to be healed, they'd be healed. Well, you could say the same thing. If it's God's will for people to be forgiven, they'll be forgiven. No, people have to believe it. They have to receive it, right? And if you don't even believe it's God's will that he still heals today, well, that would answer the question why you couldn't receive it. You don't believe it. You have no faith in it. So which one's easier, Jesus said? They are in the same work of redemption. Don't you remember the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? I mean, in the same verse, right there. I heard a great evangelist some years ago. He's going to be with the Lord now, but he would hold huge outdoor crusades in different countries and and he said if he could get to a, a place that had never heard anything about the gospel, and when he preached to them that Jesus went to the cross, he also would tell them that Jesus went to the scourging post, and by his stripes they were healed, that when people answered the call, altar call to receive Jesus as their Lord, they'd get healed. Same time, <laughs> in mass, by the thousands. Why? They didn't know any better. Can you see that? Nobody had gotten to them to give them some religious unbelief. They just believed, just like they believed it was God's will for them to be forgiven, they believed it's God's will for them to be healed. And they just received with the same faith. And it really is that simple. Religion has made it hard and complicated. So we're down today to number four. Are you ready to get to number four, class? Uh, number four uh, is the healing of the nobleman's son. Healing number four in our study, the healing of the nobleman's son. Now, in our previous three, we saw they were recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And we'd read all three accounts to get the picture, bigger picture. But this one is only found in John 4. So if you'd turn there, please, John 4, verse 43. It says, Now after two days he departed thence, Jesus did, and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Now we'll see more about this as we go, but it's telling us why he went from one area to another. In his own hometown, they did not receive him. And they said, if you remember, they said, uh, well, this is Joseph and Mary's boy. We know him. Who is he? saying he's anointed. And so uh, uh, if you look at Mark and other places, it says he could there do no mighty works. 
save he laid, laid his hands on a few sick or sickly people. Uh, wh- what do you mean he could there? He couldn't do any mighty works? See, a lot of folks wouldn't even believe that. But that's, that's the scripture. What is it? Mark 6, 5, I think it is. He could there do no mighty works. Didn't say he chose not to, said he couldn't. Well, how could that be true? Because he's not functioning as God. He's functioning as a man, anointed with the Spirit. And if you don't respect the Word, and you don't respect the anointing, or you don't respect the ministries that God has given, the gifts and calls, you won't see their manifestation. You won't benefit from those things. And you'll see that he, he left that place and went to this place, and you'll see in just a moment, let's keep reading, You'll see uh, verse 45, then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans did what? They received him. They received him, which the, the other place, his own hometown, they didn't. But these folks received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But, so Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Well, he knew that hours ago, didn't he? (laughs) He believed it we'll say, hours ago. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in the which Jesus had said to him, your son lives and himself believed and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Hallelujah. So this is a great healing that occurred in the ministry of Jesus. And out of all the tens and scores of thousands of people that were healed in the years that Jesus ministered on the earth, uh, this is one of these 19 or 20 that we're talking about that was handpicked by the Holy Spirit for us, for every generation successive. So what are we supposed to learn from this? What are we supposed to get out of this? Let me read this to you from the Amplified because uh, uh, I like the way it uh, brings out some of the words and phrases here. Starting again in verse 43, it says, So after these two days, Jesus went on from there into Galilee, although he himself declared that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Now, what does that have to do with healing? Everything, as we'll see 
Uh, you remember Jesus said in Samuel, not, not Jesus, uh, the Spirit of God uh, said to uh, uh, the prophets and his ministers of that day, he said, uh, those that honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Uh, you, you see when uh, Jesus stood up and said today, uh, uh, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing where he read from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. And some mocked and said, uh, who is he? Saying he's anointed. This is uh, Joseph's boy. We know him. We, we grew up around them. That is despising. Now, when we think despising in modern vernacular, we almost think disgust. But despising can be just a failure to appreciate. A failure to esteem is disesteeming or despising, devaluing. To honor something means to value it. If you honor it greatly, that means it's very important to you. You consider it uh, very precious and, and costly and of great value. Well, ever how we value God's things, that determines the measure of our benefit from it. So you got billions on this planet. They don't value God at all. And they don't value His Word or His church or His ministries or His people. In fact, they despise them and they mock them. Well, how much benefit are they getting out of the redemptive work of Christ? Nothing. To them, it's like God doesn't even exist. And it's not because He doesn't exist. It's because they don't value Him. They don't honor Him. They despise Him. So then they, are, they and their things are treated as unimportant. They are lightly esteemed. The more value and, and respect and honor we give to God's things, the more we'll receive, the more we get out of it. Uh, Jesus said, uh, take heed what you hear. Uh, for the measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. What does that mean? Uh, this is what we're talking about. The, the degree of attentiveness and respect and reverence. You got to watch it about just letting yourself drift when the things of God are going on, right? And thinking, ho-hum, another Sunday morning. Okay, how long is he going to go today? All right. We got that roast in the oven. Um, now, people laugh, but uh, that just means uh, you are not going to get much. You are not going to receive much, even though there's much there. There's much available. And that's why you can have people, you know, uh, two people sitting in the same service. One of them get thrilled, see things they're ecstatic about and their life get changed. The other one fall asleep and just be bored. Uh, well, they heard the same thing, mm, yeah and no. Isn't that what Jesus said? He that has ears yes. to hear, Amen. let him hear. So you can hear and not hear. Uh, well, why would he say him that has ears to hear? 
Uh, I mean, most of them had ears that picked up sound waves. He's talking about a, a hearing ear that can hear the things of God and discern them. What determines that? A heart. A willing heart, a respectful heart, a heart that honors the things of God will pick up the right frequency in the spirit and will hear things that others don't hear. And as you develop spiritually and as you grow, you should grow in honor. You know, you know, little ones in the natural. Uh, it's hard to teach them about honor and respect about some things. It just doesn't register with them. But by the time they get to be, you know, 12 years old, uh, 15 years old, they should know some things. They should be able to distinguish and, and show some respect. Well, spiritually, it's the same way. When you're first born again, you're a baby, and there's a lot you don't see and know. But that's why uh, if you'll continue to grow and develop in the things of God, uh, you'll grow 10 years and hear something you heard 10 years ago and hear all kind of things out of it you didn't hear back then. Yeah. And you think, wow, was I even there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were there. That happened to me. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, working in Brother Kenneth Hagin's uh, healing school on their campus for years. And as a student, I was there as a volunteer. And I was usually on the front row, and this went on for years. And so uh, uh, then later on, uh, I was using some of the uh, videotapes and stuff in the healing school, and I was watching one of them, and, and Brother Hagen was teaching on some things, and I thought, wow, wow. And I started writing some of it down, and I thought, well, now, where was I? I mean, this was, this was just during, and the camera panned, and there I was on the front row. I thought, no, no, I was there. <laughs> But see, I had grown. I had grown in those what, six, seven years since then. And so I'm hearing things that I didn't hear before because also my esteem and my value of it has grown as well. And so Jesus left this place where they didn't esteem him and respect him. And he went to a place here in Galilee where they did. They received him. He came where he, and and uh, when they heard that he had he'd come out of Judea and Galilee, uh, they besought him, excuse me, um, yeah, that this nobleman, that he would come down and heal his son. Let me keep reading this in the Amplified here. The Galileans welcomed him, verse 45, and took him to their hearts eagerly. Do you hear that? For they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the feast, for they too had attended the feast. See, some people found fault with what he did. They thought it was great. <laughs> And they said, please come down here and preach to us. And he did. You know, the Spirit of God goes where he's welcomed. Amen. He shows up. He manifests where he is respected. And, um, and that's all for our time today. We're out of time again. Let's say it like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith giving glory to God. Uh, do you believe we can raise up our honor of His Word in this study over these next few days? Do you believe we can get things we have not seen before, we have not gotten before? So be it. Lord, say it out loud, Lord, we honor Your Word. We honor Your Spirit. 
We respect your things to the highest degree. Amen. Praise God. We'll see you next time right here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 